Welcome to the Possibility Podcast. I'm Mel Schwartz, your host and thought provocateur. I've been practicing psychotherapy for well over 20 years. During that time, I've been so fortunate to witness countless breakthroughs while working with people, whether one-on-one, as a speaker, in professional trainings, or in workshops. The insights that I've garnered have inspired me to write over 100 articles and several books, including the companion title to this podcast, The Possibility Principle, which you can find wherever books are sold. On this and every episode, I'll be introducing new ways of thinking, relating, and communicating to help you truly thrive in your life, to reach the possibilities that you may long for. Think of this as a new game plan for living. Thanks for enjoying my emerging community of possibility seekers, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode, which I am calling The Problem with Perfection. Do you think of perfectionism or the strive to be perfect as a positive or a negative? I've been paying a lot of attention to this drive, this inclination, this demand, relentless demand to achieve perfection. In recent years, as a psychotherapist and in my life in general, I've come across so many people who are burdened, plagued, and stressed by this desire to be perfect. The desire to be perfect traps and burdens many people, and it kind of imprisons them with this unrelenting stress, and it falls out onto their relationships and creates havoc in those relationships. I find this all to be very curious, given that most people believe that seeking perfection is a good thing, but in so doing, they lay their lives open to grief and misery. We have many operating assumptions and beliefs in our culture, in our society, and when we take a deeper look at them, they start to unravel because they don't really make much sense. So let's dive in and take a deeper look at this notion of perfection. If you go to the dictionary and look up perfection, you might read that it suggests a state of flawlessness, something without any defects. To be perfect implies a condition whereby your action, your performance, your very life, attains a level of excellence that cannot be exceeded. Think about that. Perfect. You can do no better. You know, you can try perfection at a particular task. You might try to get a perfect grade on your SATs or help your your kids get perfect grades on a test. If you're bowling, you might hope to achieve a perfect game and bowl a perfect 300 or do a perfect job on a report you're working on at work. But the goal of being perfect in life, now that's an altogether different story. A machine, a car, an electronic device, a mobile phone, they may operate perfectly, at least for a while. But over time, they will begin to wear down and require repair. I think that the very notion of perfection is rooted once again in Newton's paradigm of a machine-like universe. Again, machines can be perfect for a while. Humans, however, were never intended to be perfect. 
That's part of the definition of being human. In Western culture, in the United States, and in advanced societies, there's this relentless move toward greater achievement, attaining goals. This emphasis drives us out of balance in our lives. When we ask our children what grade they got on their test or look at their report cards, rather than asking them, what did they learn? What do they think about what the books said or the teacher said? What are they curious about? We tend to measure our lives in terms of success and achievement, and we lose all perspective on what it means to live life well. When we do that, it ruptures any sense of balance in our lives, and we lose the capacity for wonder and awe. I've spoken on this issue before. You know, if you have curiosity and wonder and awe, you're not likely going to suffer from anxiety or depression. But these elements, these virtues of wonder, curiosity, and awe are rapidly retreating from our lives and being replaced by this drive for perfection. Just imagine looking at a great rainbow. Beautiful summer day, you're laying out at the beach, your feet are in the sand, feeling the warmth, there's just been a shower, and you look out to the horizon, you point, you say, wow, look at that magnificent rainbow. There's a sense of wonder for the moment. Now, could you imagine looking at the rainbow and saying, you know, but the blue band, it's a little bit narrower than the yellow band. The rainbow isn't perfect. That wouldn't be making any sense at all. Not only would that be ridiculous, we'd be ruining the splendor of the moment. But that's exactly what we do when we judge ourselves for our imperfections. And think about the word imperfection. Its very existence suggests a problem. Humans were not designed for perfection. Nature is not designed for perfection. The very notion of perfection is a human-made construct. It isn't inherent in life, in the universe, anywhere we look. It is our demand that we or something is perfect without flaw. Think about looking at a beautiful diamond. A flawless diamond is a rarity. But if you really go deeper and deeper into the facets of the diamond, you'll see that every facet doesn't look the same as every other facet. The notion of perfection has existed going all the way back to ancient Greece. But again, its modern incarnation is a product of 17th century thinking coming to us from Newton and Descartes. By the way, I find this ironic, but if someone ever could achieve the impossible state of being perfect, it's probably likely that very few people would be able to tolerate him or her. For the perfect individual would be a constant reminder to all others of their shortcomings. Not to mention they probably wouldn't be much fun to be with. Who could really tolerate, let alone enjoy, being with someone who acts perfectly? I've often counseled people who were beleaguered by this need to be perfect, and I've come to learn that their pursuit of perfection, generally speaking, is really a disguise for some previous wounds, abuses, or insecurity. The need to be perfect becomes a statement that I don't think I'm good enough as I am, and only if I'm perfect will I be beyond reproach and judgment. But when we do that, we're really judging ourselves. 
Here's what I mean about judging yourself. If you grew up in childhood or at any time in life experiencing abusive criticism or hurtful criticism, you may have decided that the best way to avoid that criticism and to feel better about yourself would be to be beyond scrutiny, to be flawless, to be perfect. The fear of making a mistake is ruinous in people's lives. The avoidance of making a mistake imprisons us and limits our lives. It means that we're sitting back and thinking and calculating and wondering, should I say this? Could I say this? Would it be a mistake to say it? What will other people think of me? All of that, all of those apprehensions and fears around making a mistake are part of this need to be perfect. And people who avoid making mistakes suffer from low self-esteem. We don't live our lives effortlessly and freely where we're in the flow of life. And the mistake is nothing to be fearful about. You can say, you know, that was a mistake. I didn't say that correctly. Or I'm beginning to rethink that. Let me have another crack at it. So people who seek perfection are far more sensitive to the judgment of other people. And they are certainly, certainly indoctrinated to their own judgment of their own self. You know, everyone has opinions, as I've shared many times before, but when you elevate someone else's opinion to the status of being a judgment, you've done that. You see, you're projecting your judgment of yourself onto others. So whether you see yourself as a perfectionist or you know people who are and you're in relationships with them, think about the impact of that perfectionism on the natural peacefulness serenity, and joyfulness of life. I wrote many years ago that the only perfection is in being present, but the perfectionist, ironically, is never present. The closest thing to perfection is your ability to be present in a moment without any distracting thoughts, measuring or grading yourself. You're really free to be in the moment. That's as close as we can come to being truly alive. Yet the perfectionist isn't typically present because they're either busy critiquing the past, analyzing it, and replaying their decisions, or they're worrying about their future choices and what will be okay and what would be a mistake. So you see, the perfectionist is never really present. This pursuit of perfection limits our ability to be present and robs us of the vitality of life. It's unachievable, unimaginable, and frankly, undesirable. So why pursue it? Your time would be so far better spent in delving into how to transcend and overcome the insecurities that set in motion this desire to be perfect. I've spoken with my listeners many times about what I call wave collapses, a term I've borrowed from quantum physics. A wave collapse is typically those singular moments, often in childhood, when we felt embarrassed, humiliated, or ashamed. It could be recurring habitual experiences or one acute experience. I recall sharing a story about an individual with whom I was conducting therapy who recounted that in third or fourth grade, the teacher asked the question. He raised his hand. He was certain he had the right answer. Teacher called on him and he gave his answer. And the class broke out hysterically laughing at him, deriding him. They thought it was a ridiculous answer. He evidently hadn't understood the question. 
That was a wave collapse, a wave collapse in that it limited and confined his identity in his life. When I was working with him, he was in his early 50s, and he was timid. He was fearful of speaking up. His need to be perfect was to not be seen so he couldn't make a mistake. Analyzing, measuring, and judging ourselves, these are the tools of the perfectionist. And these are the central tenets of Newton's paradigm, the paradigm of analyzing and determining and predicting. And so we can come to see that perfectionism is symptomatic of an old, tired worldview. Yet, sadly and regrettably, this drive toward perfectionism grows greater and greater. Our thoughts are central in constructing our life, our relationship with ourself, and our relationship with others. And you can't be in two places at the same time except, of course, in the case of quantum entanglement. So you can't engage two thoughts simultaneously. Every moment in which you measure or judge yourself is a moment you didn't choose a better and healthier option. The lost opportunity for being present, for being peaceful, and for being mindful is never reached if we're analyzing and measuring in a relentless way. And that's what the perfectionist does. Those are missed moments of valuable life experiences. If a significant percentage of your thoughts are self-critical, then you've scripted that life experience for yourself. Ask yourself, are my thoughts my best ally or are my thoughts my critic or even worse, my worst critic? The perfectionist is aligned with thoughts that are self-critical. And just begin to think about how this impacts your relationships. My goodness, you're not present in the relationship. You're off judging yourself, seeking perfection, or demanding it from someone else. So if you're not present for yourself, you can't be present for another person. If you feel upset or perturbed by your own discontent, this has incredible consequences in your relations with others. I love baseball. I remember going to baseball games as a kid and looking with consternation at people who would have their head down in their scorecard, notating every pitch, every hit, every play. And I would think to myself, they're missing the flow of the game. They're sitting there with a pencil and scorecard in hand, taking note of every transaction of the game, measuring. Yet they miss the poetic elegance and flow and beauty of the game. If you measure yourself, you're going to miss out on the flow of your life. Now, I'm not proposing that you should have a cavalier, anything goes attitude. There's a vast difference between measuring and analyzing or self-reflecting and self-evaluating. Evaluating is gentle. It's a subtle checking in. But measuring Desire for perfectionism takes a deep and incisive cut into the fabric of your being. And again, it's destructive to your relationships. When you measure that way, it ruptures the integrity of your life experience and it severs our participation in life itself. You can't engage in the flow of life when you're mired in analytical self measurement and the pursuit of this bogus bizarre notion of perfectionism. This drive, this demand for perfection, for always having to do our best, is laying siege to our well-being 
as human beings. Let's just look at the expression, always do your best. And let's think about that. If I have to always do my best, that would make me a perfectionist. It would make me, to use an old-fashioned term, neurotic, obsessive, compulsive. My self-esteem would be in the sewer. Always do your best. That message makes no sense. Now, selectively, it makes sense to put in your best effort and try to get your best results. But always, I can recall working with a young man who was a top-seeded tennis player many years ago. And I was curious and asked him, did he ever play any other sports? And he shook his head, no. And I asked him, why is that? He said, because I wasn't really very good at them. And I stopped, paused and reflected. And I shared with him that when I was a young man, a kid, boy, and early in 20s or mid-20s, I loved playing baseball and softball. I have such incredible memories of the fun, the camaraderie, the thrill, the adventure of those games. In my mind, I thought I was going to be the next Mickey Mantle. In truth, I couldn't even make my high school baseball team. I was just an average ball player. And I shared this with him, that it would have been so sad for me not to have those memories and those experiences simply because I wouldn't have played baseball because I wasn't good at it. You see, this measuring, this need to be good, excellent, the best, it erodes what it should be to be a human being. Once again, we are not machines operating at perfect efficiency all the time. My younger son, Alex, when he was a little boy, said to me, you know, Dad, that expression, practice makes perfect, that doesn't really make sense. Does it really make us perfect? No, I guess it doesn't. In fact, trying to be perfect has the opposite result. It makes us less human, less likable, less lovable, and certainly less at peace with ourselves. So please take a step back and understand what it is that's driving the perfectionism, the insecurity, the self-doubt, and do the opposite with it. Don't try to suppress it. Don't try to be perfect so you can overcome it. Embrace your vulnerabilities. Embrace your insecurities and step into the experience of being a human being and engage in a human existence where you're not measuring yourself or others and jump into the flow of life. Perfectionism, once again, can work at a particular task, but the goal of being perfect in your life obstructs your ability to actually live that life. I hope everybody is safe, staying safe, and looking forward to having their lives emerging again, hopefully very soon. Until next time, I wish you well, and I wish you peace. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Possibility Podcast with me, Mel Schwartz. To learn more about this topic and related subjects, please be sure to check out The Possibility Principle, my book at thepossibilityprinciple.com. I always welcome and look forward to your feedback. Please leave a comment at the show notes for this episode at melschwartz.com slash podcast, or simply send me an email at mel at melschwartz.com. You can also use that email address if you'd like 
like to be a caller on a future show and have a topic you'd like me to discuss. If you never want to miss an episode, find The Possibility Principle in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And be sure to hit that subscribe button. You'll get new episodes as soon as they are released. And if you know anyone who might benefit from The Possibility Podcast, please tell them about the show. Thank you for listening. And until next time, have a great day and keep summoning up those new possibilities. Thank you.